Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. And how are you? Because last when we spoke, you had just been diagnosed with having COVID and you went through a bit of a tough time, did you, Verona? Oh, look at a few days, absolutely. I wouldn't try to minimise it. I, I was a bit worried about myself, but look, I'm fine, thanks be to God. Back to work and didn't give up working at all, actually worked from home. So look, getting there, a bit of a cold lingering, but, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's had the same experience. But I'm sure, again, once, once again, emphasises the need to be cautious, doesn't it? It does, and I mean, look at, albeit that restrictions are lifting, common sense and practicality should still prevail for people. You know, there's no harm in wearing a mask if you feel more comfortable, certainly sanitising one's hands, and trying to avoid overcrowded places if at all possible. But look, we're getting there. We have the antiviral drugs that will be coming on stream. We know the virus through science has weakened, so there's an optimistic outlook for sure. We have uh, three items I'd like to discuss with you this morning. First off, on foot of uh, the story we carried last week on the programme last Friday, we spoke to Margaret, who had a, a budget of €800 Euro for a rental property, wasn't looking for handouts. We got a huge response. In fact, she very kindly has come back to me. So, Margaret, just to acknowledge the fact that we did get your message and we appreciate it, people came forward to offer her alternatives. But for somebody who has retired, worked all their life uh, Verona, to find with €800 Euro a month to spend, no place to go, that is a shocking indictment of the situation we find herself in in this county, isn't it? It is, Alan. It's horrendous, and there are many people in Margaret's situation. And naturally, look, it's supply and demand. The real issue is, you know, that we just don't have the supply of houses that are required. And we see more often than not now people are exiting the rental market, which, in effect, is driving up rent. Uh, we know that the housing assistance payment is not being indexed linked to meet that rent rise and that's putting more and more people in jeopardy of homelessness. But I do want to just point out, Alan, that Wexford's housing department and Wexford County Council, they do a mighty job with the resources they have. They don't build houses, but they do in certain instances build social housing, but the department itself is not responsible other than to deal with what the, the, the uh, housing that they have. And they do a good job. There are issues, without a shadow of a doubt, but I often hear councillors on your show complaining about the department and complaining about the homelessness issue. I very much want to remind the councillors because they will be coming back to deal with the county development plan that homelessness rests with them on the basis that they are the local elected representatives responsible for compiling a county development plan that ensures houses will be built. And the question we have to ask ourselves is if there is such a demand for housing why are they not being built? Mm. And that there, that's a complex issue. So, you know, today I hear Minister Burke saying that he's going to tackle judicial review. From my perspective, and you've heard me on this now for a number, probably the past two years, the issue is not judicial review. It's the very fundamental basic planning issues that we see being drawn up in the county development plan. And they will issues possibly bounce you- back on you, Verona, and say that it's the onus on public representatives like you, and we had the Minister for Housing here in the studio as well. We've seen, I think we're four and a half months since I had the Minister for the Housing in the, in the studio here, here with me. They will possibly take on board what you've said, but they could well bounce back to not just you, but all our Rockness members and say, get the finger out and get it done. 
Well, actually, Alan, the county development plan, which is our planning, local planning legislation that deals with every county individually, is solely the remit of the local elected councillors. What is deemed to be necessary for housing, to meet housing demands in Wexford, would not be the same as Dublin. So, you know, that's where our councillors fit in. We have five districts. We have Gorey, Rosslare, Wexford and Escortig and New Ross. They'll have their own local area plan. But a county development plan mm-hmm. is what is developed by the planning department of Wexford County Council. And the councillors are the people who are responsible for signing off on that. And they need to know what their remit is inside out. Planning department isn't always correct. We certainly should be giving our councillors independent planning advice so that they know that what they're signing off on is what's required for the people of Wexford. I mean, developers clearly are not building houses in high densities, the high densities that the planning is currently depicting because they cannot make money. And I'm not talking about exorbitant amounts of money. It probably costs more to build a one-bedroom apartment today because of regulation than it does to build a three-bedroom terraced or semi-house, semi-detached house. So, I mean, they have to be cognizant of that. We may need a number of one-bedroomed houses without a shadow of a doubt, Mm. but it may not be feasible to supply them. All right. uh, Look, again, you've raised your points. I'll go back to the councillors and see what response to give them. I'm sure there there are councillors tuned in at the moment who may well respond to what you just said, and they're more than welcome to do so. 053-914-5222. Let's look at the situation with CAMS now. We heard from Raymond Shannon. We saw the situation unfolding in Kerry. There's a call for a national inquiry. Where do you stand on this issue? Well, it's an issue I've stood on the floor of the door many times on, as you'll be well aware, Alan. And in effect, I've spoken to many of the GPs around the county. It's the time now. Uh, based on the Kerry debacle, that we would review the whole CAM system. I mean, a system that doesn't allow... We don't have a child, a paediatric dietitian here in Wexford uh, that sits in CAMS. We have many, many young children and adolescents suffering with anorexia. If we don't have a a dietitian in situ, the system is broken. I think Ray raised many valid questions and the doctors and GPs around the county have raised those same issues with me. You know, they're referring children to the CAM service who are not being seen with the urgency that the GP would certainly believe is required. So, you know, it's a misnomer that our CAM service is actually only seeing very serious cases. If a GP refers a child to CAMS, it is serious. All cases should be treated the same. But we do not have that level of service. And I'll be calling, I'll be on my feet Tuesday evening on the very topic in the doll. I'll be calling on the Minister to undertake a full review of our mental health services. You know, we in 2019, which is the last time we actually had a report that depicted the staffing levels, okay. we had a deficit of 2,600 fewer staff than was recommended by the Vision for Change. Do you have and a message, have uh, by the way, Verona, for any worried parents tuned in to us this morning discussing this? As a, like Raymond Shannon, he's been like a one-man battering ram to get this message across uh, and continues to do so. If, if you're a parent who has a child on the spectrum that needs urgent attention, what do you say to them this morning? They, they must contact their GP and they can contact my offices at, at any stage, day or night. It's one of my big issues is that we don't have 24-7 access. We have a 9 to 5 service. And i just like to say, Alan, our CAMS team are brilliant. 
We have excellent uh, staff in CAMS, but we just don't have the correct staffing levels. Right. They're under-resourced, they're understaffed, and they're doing the best that they can. But for the parents, every parent will go to the ends of the earth for their child, right. and the system is letting them down. They can come to me, they must go to their GP. At the very worst case scenario, they have to go to A and E. Here's but a here's a very important question, Ronan. Here's a very important question. If if you are a parent, and we have a text in from a parent who has a child going to CAMS here in County Wexford, on foot of what they've heard emanating from Kerry, should you be concerned if you're sending your child to CAMS? Uh, I think there's different situations and one must understand, you know, the whole debacle in Kerry surrounds the prescriptions being given out that are kind of recidivone, things, you know, that aren't necessary effectively or that are quite dangerous medications. I think if the parent finds themselves in that situation, they should immediately contact their GP for advice. I am not a doctor. I am certainly not a mental health specialist, but I do encourage the parents to engage with their GP as the first port of call. And the GP, everybody, anybody can come to my office and explain the issue. I am doing my utmost to ensure that we deliver a service that is fit for purpose. And at the moment... You know, we just don't have that. We just don't have it. There are too many anomalies. There are too many people missing. The consultants aren't in place when they should be. We don't have a dietitian, And in Wexford in particular, we don't have a 24-7 access. And we certainly don't have an in-bed unit of which is badly required. And I'll be calling on my colleagues and the government, the Roctus members, to ensure that this is what is delivered for Wexford. Can I get a quick comment from you, please, before I conclude? Because we are going to link in with Father Brian Darcy in a few moments. And before that, we're going to hear from the Society of the Irish Motor Industry in relation to rising fuel costs. But the Minister for Defence, uh, or should I say for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney says that there have been capacity issues in Ireland armed forces for some time. And I suppose all this comes to light that we were relying on the British and the Americans, etc., to let us know what was happening in Irish waters. What's your view on the need to further invest in the Irish armed forces, please? Can I get a quick comment from you on this one? Well, I think further invest is a misnomer, Alan. We need to invest. I mean, only last year, Minister Coveney returned in excess of 20 million you know, from the budget of the Defence Forces. So we know for years now that that's been happening. From 2014 onwards, the budget remains underspent in the Department of Defence. And you can't have, you know, I think basically the chickens have come home to roost in that regard now. We're we're under-resourced. We have naval ships parked up. We have aircraft grounded. You know, we can't have an underspend and expect to have a full resource. There are certainly pay terms and conditions that there are huge anomalies. We we seemingly don't even pay the minimum wage to some of the Defence Force staff. If that was private enterprise, they would find themselves in the WRC. So I think we, we need to start to appreciate what we have. We need to certainly man our borders and look after our borders because we are now the weakest link in Europe and I think that's been exposed by what has happened with Russia last week. All right, so and we Jack- certainly need to, need to invest. Southeast East Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.